Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, Celebrity Checks, Selling Jars, The Loch Ness Monster and Selling a Country. Now, Lippy. Good morning. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Just about good morning. Just about good morning. Not when this is played. Well, it won't be, no. Depending on when you listen to it, I oh, yeah, suppose, so. which is always a bit odd. We're we're doing this on a Sunday morning, yeah. which is the first, the first time we've one. done it. First one. And I'm 17 minutes late. <laughs> Not good. Mind you, it gave me a chance to have my Sunday morning kipper with chilli sauce, which was very nice, and has oh. now stunk the entire house out. Yeah, so. lovely. Not the most popular person. Anyway, last week we touched briefly on Jaws, I think. And yes. the week before that, we spoke about it a lot. And I saw a friend of mine during the week. And uh, he said, oh, my daughter, who is your sort of age, possibly a bit older, is absolutely Jaws manic. And she's got these things called Funko Pop, which I'd mm. never heard of, which are sort of, they're a little bit like the bobble heads, but the heads don't bobble, but they've got big heads on a on a body. And they've got a Jaws collection. So they've got a Brody Quint, a Hooper, and the boat, and Bruce the shark, and various different sort of combinations of, of such, which are really very cool. Would you like to know a fun fact about those? Go on then. Some of them have hidden mystery items in their heads. So if you oh. shake it and you hear something rattling, it's a bit, you've cut the head open. And then they oh. have little things inside of them. So like, I would assume with the shark, they might, it might have like a number plate. Yeah. Bits of stuff that they pulled out of the shark in the, yeah. in the film inside the shark, which is quite cool. Just to be picky though. The shark they poured the number plates out on wasn't the isn't Bruce. No, no. So that well, you might be able to pull Quint out of the shark then. (laughs) Yes, quite. (laughs) Yes, possibly. Just an arm. Well, just yeah. Yes, a kit. (laughs) Quint assembly kit. Yes. Yes. Not sure about that, but uh, but they look really really cool. So I'm I'm thinking, and maybe a little bit of desk tat is Mm. on its way. Who knows? That was that was great. So over the last few weeks, I've been collecting some really odd stories from various places. So this is going to be a very odd list of things, put it mildly. So one of my favourite artists, not that I'm really into art in any, any great way. I like looking at it, but mm. in terms of knowledge, none whatsoever. But Salvador great. Dali has always interested me because he is a bit of a nutcase, to be <laughs> honest. <laughs> he had an anteater that he'd take for walks on a lead. Yeah, he was probably, probably bonkers, but quite interesting but apparently he was a what they call a canny businessman so to avoid paying for meals he would simply doodle on the back of his checks knowing full well that the restaurant owners would never cash them because they'd had a an original dali on on the back of a check which is probably worth a lot more than the meal yeah which is great but apparently michael jackson did the same thing so when the singer cancelled a concert in new york he refunded ticket holders with a hand-signed check and fans were so excited to have their own pieces of Jackson memorabilia that fewer than one in ten cashed them. I mean, why wouldn't you? You wouldn't yeah. do it, would you? I mean, yeah. selling that ticket, you'd make a lot more than. Well, you know. particularly after he passed, yeah. That, yeah. yeah that's but if you're a fan, you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna cash sell it, are you? No. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. You see, sometimes you see see things on Antiques Roadshow and programs like that and it's been passed down and yeah and just these people just want to get rid of it and you think oh it's a bit odd but 
The uh, problem is, is if you amass so much stuff from previous generations, you yeah. don't have enough, enough room in your house. Lots of desk tat, for example. Lots of desk. Well, all the desk tat is mine. We'll do that one one episode. We'll describe yeah. the desk tat. I do have a piece of the Berlin Wall, actually. Oh, I know you do. That's yeah. quite cool. That yeah, is that is very cool. cool. Yes. Anyway, moving on. We talked last week about my new diet, one of the side effects. Mm. And from a number of sources, I've found of a lady called Stephanie Matto from a series called 90 Day Fiancé, which I've not heard of. Is that one of yours? No. No, goodness only knows what that involves. Anyway, she somehow managed to cotton on to capturing her flatulence in a jar and selling it. Really? Yeah, really. There are some odd people out there. Well, I think there's two sorts of odd people here. And one is the person that puts it in the jar, and far odder is the person that buys it. Anyway, she made, and this is just a staggering amount of money, £150,000 from doing this. It's like the whole foot picture thing, though, isn't it? Oh, she does that as well, apparently. She does that yeah, as well. Pictures, pictures That's of, her side uh, business. Yeah, oh, in jars oh, is her main one, and yeah. feet are her side. Absolutely. So her diet, she she perfected the diet, which was protein shakes, hard-boiled eggs, yogurt, and beans, and was able to produce 50 jars a day. Oh, my God. The protein shakes, I know from experience, because Chris drinks them, the farts that come out of him, yeah. absolutely vile. Is it plant-based protein? Yes. Yeah. And I, I was reading about this this morning, and it does... It does cause a lot of flatulence to begin with, but apparently it does settle down. But there's no evidence of that after three weeks, to be honest. Anyway, so this diet of hers, she ended up in A&E because she was overgassed. Thought she was having a heart attack. Yeah, basically. You know what it's like? You've got trapped wind. Yeah, Yeah, and and you feel it all through your body sometimes. Absolutely. It's one of the most painful things you can have. Obviously, if you cut a leg off, that's going to smart a lot more. Yeah. In terms of pain to what actually is wrong, it's very odd. So she was peaking at 50 jars a day, which is quite impressive. How you get it in the jar is a bit of a mystery to me. Whether you just waft it round and just... Sit in it. Sit on it. Initially costing £730 a jar and then dropped to half that price for some reason. Maybe they weren't selling. But if you sold £150,000 worth of them... That's mad. It is mad, isn't it? And. Great quote from her saying, I think it's inspired a lot of people to think outside the box as far as ways that they can make money. Mm. I just find it staggering what people will spend money on. I did some. It, yeah. Do people know it's her farts that they're buying though? Oh yeah, it's not a random fart. Yeah, see that's what thing. I would do it if people didn't know it was mine. But I'd do it if people would pay, quite frankly. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure you will find at least one person out there that would pay. <laughs> Yeah, but it's finding that one person and having gone to the effort of popping in a jar and then sealing it. So apparently she put a petal or something in there that soaked it up. I don't, there's obviously some scientific basis behind it. Very odd. So she's gone on to other things now, including the feet thing. And I think she's set up a an alternative to Just Fans, is it? Or OnlyFans? OnlyFans. <laughs> yeah, one, one of those. One of those. So, one of those, that sort of thing. Yeah, I was quite... Quite quite shocked to see that people will spend money on anything. They will. They really will. Talking of bodily actions, how's the bathroom coming on? It looks amazing so far. The Tyler was meant to come again today, but he's not here. So another pause. Just as well you weren't up. I know. <laughs> 
I did know that before I still wasn't up. So, yeah, so uh, it looks great. And his Tyler, he's very, very good at his job. He's just, um, he's a character. Most tradesmen are. I've, I've, yeah. And certainly the ones that do well tend to be quite, uh, quite cheeky chappies. I but he's um, been told by our, the person running the project that he has to be done by Wednesday. So okay. I'm assuming by the fact he's taken today off, he knows he'll still be done by Wednesday. Well, let's hope so. I mean, the photos you've sent, it looks cracking and mm. it's a herringbone design, isn't it, on the wall? It which, is, so it's, which uh, it's properly difficult to do, I would have said. Yeah, so we spent a whole day just drawing on the walls where That's a good sign. the long ones would go and the short ones would go and... Yeah. And he's matching them up and reusing offcuts, so he's not cutting yeah. a bit off one of the tiles and then not using that tile. He's then using that for another bit. So it's a lot of planning that's involved in doing it. But he said yesterday that he's done all the planning now. Now it's just putting them on the wall. So hmm. that's the that's that's thing. really good. That's a really good sign. Very yeah. very good sign. Highly recommend him if you're not in a rush. <laughs> well, yeah, building jobs get delayed, don't they? It's not exactly. uh, not unusual to be honest. Any sort of work like that. Yeah, the outcome will be superb. I mean, that mm. can't imagine where you start with that sort of design. I mean, I've only ever done big tiles, so they're much, much easier. Pick a place yeah. to start and off you go. Yeah. Although I did decide to bevel the edges, which... So, well, where they joined, it went around the windowsill. So a 90-degree bend. I cut at 45 degrees on the end of the tile on both sides um. so that... It- they look like a proper oh, joint yes. rather than having to put a beading in there. I see. It like actually touches. Yeah. I yeah. started that and then really wish I hadn't. We're not having tiles on the inside of our window. Right. Wall, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yes. That you can see will, but where we're going to have a shutter, it's not very, it's not very wide anyway. And where the shutter is going to take up half of it. Yeah. It's, there's literally going to be five, six centimetres of wall. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's like not worth, not worth it. on that. Yeah. <laughs> They're not at all good. Oh, well, we look forward to next week and that all being, as far as the tiny is concerned, done and dusted. So well, is it then crossed. then in with the toilet and yeah, so the, the stuff? The finish date is still Friday next Friday. week. So how that goes. But yeah, so then the bath and the shower basin are in. Then it's the sink, toilet, radiator, shower, walls. Brilliant. And then paint. And are you doing the painting or is... Somebody else Just get it all done by someone else. Yeah, it doesn't cost. But this is a builder. Never, ever get a builder to do painting. No, it's a painter doing the paintings. Yeah, friends of ours had major extensions to their house, and we popped in to see the work. And one of the builders was just about to start painting one of the bedrooms, and he'd sweeped all the rubbish up into the middle of the room. It was just full of dust, and he was basically... And he's just thinking... That's, that's just going to be so bobbly. That's not the way to do it. It's really not. It's, and in fact, we had some work done many years ago by the builder. And I said, oh, will, will you do the painting? He went, you don't want me to do the painting. <laughs> so, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Thanks for being honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Now, one story that's gone on and on and on and on for many, many years is that of the Loch Ness Monster. Yes. And apparently it has been spotted in Wimbledon. Yes. <laughs> Yes, Sorry, for that. those that are listening and not looking, the facial reaction I just made was a very confused one. Because isn't where the Loch Ness from a lake? Can I can I just point out, this is the second week in a row you've gone, for those that are not watching, I'm the only one that's watching. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Nobody else is watching. Nobody else can see your confused face. <laughs> 
So for everybody. <laughs> yes. Well, there was a, yeah, for everybody. So there was a, I can't remember when it was taken. I think it was early 1900s, a photograph of this object in Loch Ness in Scotland, which was a hump with a sort of a, almost like a snake's head coming out of the water. I mean, you almost certainly have seen it at some point. And the gentleman who took this on his deathbed admitted the thing was a fake, that they, they'd faked it. Oh, yes. It. Not that long ago, yeah. actually, was it? It wasn't that long ago. No, you're correct. You're absolutely correct. So that photo, that iconic photo, has been taken in in Wimbledon, Wimbledon Park. But how it's would all... he have got? Well, there's two things here. One is the lotless monster does not exist apart from in marketing, okay, which they that. do very well. It's not a real thing. It certainly hasn't lived and travelled that long and that distance. It just happens to be a similar shape in the water. Goodness only knows what it is. I mean, it could be a bit of rubbish, I suppose. It looks a bit like an umbrella with a, a rocket on the bottom. It looks like a crocodile. Yeah, well, that's possible. That's probably more likely. <laughs> yeah, so it could be a hoax. Who knows? But also at the same time, Charlotte came up with this one. Somebody had spotted it actually in Loch Ness using a drone. So oh, is that bit the, of, the one that looks like a crocodile? Well, it's hard to know what it looks like, to be honest. It could be it could be Bruce the shark. It's, well, have you seen the film, is it Black Lake Placid? Yes, I have. Very good film. Maybe it's that situation. Could well be. It's just an old lady, just been feeding him for years. But crocodiles aren't Just waiting really for the outbreak of yeah, possibly. eating Who a knows? person. We went to Loch Ness, oh gosh, five or six years ago. It's part of the North Coast 500 trip we did. And we stopped at Fort Augustus, which is at one end. And the two things you notice is that they really push the marketing mm. for Nessie. It is, we did a boat trip out and there's various bits in there where they said, well, this is where they thought the Loch Ness monster got out but couldn't quite climb up high enough. But the water is so black because it's it peaty. It is, it's bizarre. Mm. It's like, it's just so dark and cold and not very inviting. I wanted to jump in and go for a swim, but wife of Grumpy very sensibly said, you might have a heart attack. <laughs> Which is true. You it may does, not climb back out. Again. Might not climb back out again, and I need you to drive the camper van home. So I think you're the new baby Loch Ness monster. Well, I'd be too white for that. Around. <laughs> Far too pale to be any sort of monster. So we'll yeah. keep an eye on the on the Loch Ness stuff. See yes. what else comes out because there's bound to be more sightings. Now we've had a few. It seems to work that way. But it's it's a great story, and and it's great that they're able to attract tourism to yeah. a space that's beautiful, but otherwise mm. is, there's no, it's kind no of hidden, attraction. Isn't it? yeah. What was interesting when we were there is that there's, I think it's seven locks between the end of Loch Ness and the canal. I think it's the Caledonian Canal that comes that feeds it. People, there's lots of boats that go through there, so sailboats and various things. But it's obviously, it's quite a, quite a bit of entertainment as you watch people struggling in locks. It's a bit cruel, really, to stand and watch them. But there was a couple there who the the chap was clearly quite a, an accomplished sailor and was very keen on mm. doing it. And his female partner was not at all. She was having a <laughs> miserable time. And they got the lockmaster, is that what they call them? To help them go up the... Gatekeeper. Gatekeeper, yeah. To go up the, the seven locks. And when he got to the top, the, the lockmaster said to the chap, said, oh, that's good, I'll see you soon. He turned to the lady and said, I don't think I'll be seeing you soon. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly one of those <laughs> cases. Hobbies don't match. No. 
but a great area to visit. Now, we've been talking of late of countries that have made themselves countries, or areas that have made themselves countries. And I was reading this article about a gentleman called Gregor McGregor. This is 200 years ago. So this is in what they called the dot-com bubble of the early 19th century. And there's lots of money swimming around in England. And South America had just become available, if you like. So there was lots of investment opportunities in, in South America. So McGregor, who had been gifted 800 million acres of part of South America by somebody or other, decided to set himself up as a country called Poyas. And he went into London and he was a serial con artist there's no two ways about oh, no. it when you read, yeah when you read his life history he's one of these people that always manages to fall on his feet whatever happens mm. and benefit from it and probably take the mick a bit with people yeah and just extract more than he should anyway so he he came up with this idea he, he created a flag the coat of arms and he printed up some brochures and he just got and he was basically selling sovereign bonds which is, you give me some money now, we'll give you your money back in X year's time with some interest, and that interest is fixed. So it's typically how a government would raise money for tricky times like pandemic wars or all sorts of stuff like that. So, And this was going on all over South America. It wasn't just, just, he was just jumping onto the bandwagon. So this imaginary country, he sold bonds worth £200,000 in the 1800s, which would have been equivalent to £24 today. Wow. So people were giving them his life, their life savings yeah. in exchange for this. And, and he legged it, basically. Oh <laughs> people went out there to have a look, and it's just jungle. And it's, huh? what's going on here? So they were expecting, yeah, they'd been like promised. start of villages, I'd assume. Like. Well, they were expecting Capital City with a theatre and all the, the trappings that you would have got in that era yeah. that were just coming to the fore. And instead they just found bamboo huts. Absolutely. Well, it comes back to if it looks too good to be true, it, it probably is. is. But to be honest, it probably didn't look too good to be true because other countries were doing it. So other South American countries were raising money that way. So, yeah, so he legged it to France as soon as he was being rumbled. And that's it. Just got away. 24 million quid. Yeah. That sounds very much like, um, I'm not sure if we've spoken about it on here before, but the Fire Festival. No, I don't think we have. It's, it's spelt F-Y-R-E, Fire Festival. It's a documentary on Netflix about what happened at the festival. And it is a very good documentary. Um, I would highly recommend watching it. Oh, okay. I'll look that up and I'll add it to our it's links just list. The delusion is not so much a con because... The guy thinks it's going to happen, but the delusion of this man who actually got jailed over it is just astonishing how he thinks it's going to pan out. And really, I think the undertone of the whole thing is that the marketing campaign for this festival was the festival. So like that was the bit that everyone had a really great time. It was really good fun. It was really exciting. Lots of drinking, lots of dancing. And then when it came to the actual thing, it was just absolute carnage. It sounds a little bit like Lapland New Forest from (laughs) eight or nine years ago, where a couple of likely lads just basically sprayed some pine trees and some balding. (laughs) Charged a fortune, and it, it was in the it was in the news for for weeks and weeks, and finally it 
just collapsed, whether they yeah. did a run with the money or not. But it is, if you've got the imagination to do it, it is very easy to uh, pull these sort of cons. Yeah. Well, if, if hustle is anything to be believed. Yes. But I would highly recommend watching that. And maybe after you've watched it, we can have a little discussion on what you think. <laughs> that sounds like a very, very good idea. Although we have found some very, very good programs on various streaming channels of late. The BBC's Around the World in 80 Days with David Tennant is superb. I mean, it's a great story, but it's also very well filmed and very well acted. And it's not drawn out. I think if you took that story, you could really, you could have had another couple of episodes in there and made it quite dreary. But they've not done that. It's, it's short and it's sharp and it's, it's brilliant. Really very, very good. The other one, is when we finished last night on Netflix. And I'm going to get the name wrong, I think, but it's something like the woman in the house across the road from the girl in the window. Yes. It's quite a long one, Christian Bell. And that was brilliant. That was, mm. we all got that one wrong. Did you? We're wrong. going to watch yeah. that now because I saw it and I wanted to watch it. Yeah. And then you guys said how good it was. So that's definitely on our list to watch. But it's a spoof of The Girl in the Window. Well, during the course of the uh, series, the Christian Bell character is reading books that have got similar titles. So mm. I think it's it's come from that. Yeah, and The Girl on the Train, and it's yes. kind of all spoofy from that. Yeah. But then I've read that it's, it's, it's such a good story in itself as well, although it is kind of a spoof. It's very... Uh very yeah, twisty dark and funny yeah yes it's all of those things interestingly the critic in the guardian said it was basically tosh which I find slightly odd because even if you thought the story was absurd the production values are very high mm. it kept you guessing you didn't i mean maybe some people got it beforehand but wife of grumpy went off on a tangent so far removed <laughs> that's gonna and be me 100 <laughs> percent we, like, yeah, we love a good guess, don't we? We love to try and oh, figure this was, out what's going this on. This was beyond a guess. This was, this was basically a parallel universe at one <laughs> point. <laughs> I bet she's now Very thinking, good. they should make that a thing, though. <laughs> should make that a well, poss possibly. It's a good twist. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And it's possibly open for another one. Who knows? There's mm. Right at the very end, possibly another series. But yeah, one series is great. And the other one, which is quite an old one, we've recently taken Discovery Plus to watch the Winter Olympics, which started yesterday, yes. I think. Although, having said that, I watched some ice hockey during the week. So that was before the opening ceremony. So I don't know how that works. They um, where some of the competitions last a lot longer they needed to start them before the opening ceremony so oh, that they were finished for the closing ceremony why don't they just have the opening ceremony earlier because it has to be on saturday doesn't it oh does it and they couldn't oh, have had the well it needs to be on a day where they're going to get lots of viewers watching it well it seemed to be on at one o'clock friday afternoon here yeah. so it's one o'clock in the morning and but yeah i did see that they needed to start a few things earlier that were hmm. more individual like teams playing each other Yes, they do, don't they? So foot, same with football for the Summer Olympics. Mm. tends to start earlier. Yeah. Although we didn't have football when it was 2012 in London. Weird um, that, because we're the home no, of it's, No, it's not. It's not weird. Because we have individual nation teams, and for the Olympics, we're Team GB. So we amass uh, athletes from England, Scotland, Wales, and Northern Ireland. For football purposes, we're separate nations. Yes, we are. So, so that's that apparently work. why. Yeah, that's the only football fact I know. 
really is the only one. An interesting one at that. Mm. Yeah. So we watched the, I don't know what you call it. It's skiing and shooting. There is oh, a phrase yes. for it. Yesterday morning, which was very Ski good. Ski shoot? I, Ski? I, I think it's... Scoochie. Scooshy. No, no, you're, you're making words up now. It but that, call that. That's, that's very good. I mean, that is a difficult sport in my view. Yeah, it's in, the one where they lie down, those. isn't it? They do one set lying down and one set standing up. Mad. So they do, yeah, and they ski. But, I mean, the slope is horrendous. So I've, I've not watched that one, I don't think. I should. We should catch up on mm. that. But do you know what I'm excited for? What's that? The Ski and Snowboard Cross. Yes, I did look that up. It's, I think it's next week. Yeah. I think it's quite late on, yes. I'll be watching yeah. every single heat of that yeah. all that the way through. so good. Such a good sport. Much better than any of the others. Any any summer sport, any winter yeah. sport combined, that is the one to watch. Yeah, Actually, the, they do it with BMXing, don't they? They do, yes. In the summer. So that yes, one as well. Yeah. That one is very good too. But yeah. Yeah. Anyway, the, back, the, to, back to my Discovery Plus. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, t- top tip. <laughs> off, off disappeared off to the, uh, the Olympics. It's a program called Flipping Bangers, which has nothing to do with sausages. And it's two very charismatic guys who set up a business basically buying cars for around the 500 quid mark, making the road worthy and then selling them on. And their target is to double their money. Oh. And it's uh, the two guys do it, Will Trickett and Gus Gregory. And I think Gus is automotive photographer. Will builds narrowboats. Yeah, well, but he's used to building stuff, so he's very yes. good at and engines, um, fabricating. I'm sure, with yeah, well, both of them are very good with mechanics, and they, you know, they've bought older cars which are easier to repair, provided you can get the parts. But it's a very good series. I really enjoyed it. There's two series of it. I've just started the second one. So it's very good. Some cars. Good daytime watching. It's a good, you know, it's good. Our lunchtime watch is very good. And there's no massive drama in it. And there's no fake arguments or any aggression. It's just two blokes in a workshop getting the job done, basically. And sometimes making a bit of money and sometimes not. But what I like is they turn up to pick up the cars in a R-Regged Land Rover Discovery Mark 1. Which is a very rare beast and um, very old, but yeah, it's none, none of this nice, smart Range Rover, 71 plate Range Rover. So, yes. very good. Anyway, a few recommendations there. We've prattled on about that quite a lot, I think. <laughs> so, oh, back to Teddy, The Apprentice. So, shocked. we have to. Absolutely shocked. I have to confess, I didn't watch a great deal of it because I was doing our Wazzy Jig Jigsaw at the time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> In the same room. So, I was listening. But it was interesting, again, to see that the losing team didn't really think about what the people that buy games want. It was no. more of, what do I want to produce? Exactly. Which is fine, but it's never going to win approach. I just could not believe who got fired. She, I thought she was going to win. Really? She was Oh, is this my... the one you were talking about last week? Yep. Are we, are we doing spoilers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Jessica. We're... I had both Chris and I had said she's going to win. And she wow. Good job we didn't put any money down. I know. Crazy that. She uh, she seemed like such a strong contestant and she got fired for misspelling Arctic, which is bad, but... Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? When you look at some of the socials and the spelling that goes on there and that somebody tries to correct it and then there's a whole load of abuse thrown at the person trying to correct it. 
does seem a little over the top. For that to be the reason for failing, oh, being fired, I think is is probably considering it was a team of three. Yes, she was the one that put the idea forward. She did look at it and go. Is that spelt right? And the two other people went, yeah, yeah. It is easily done. The first computer system I worked on, which was for assessing electrical apprentices, I spelt assessment wrong. Across the whole, it was consistently wrong, yeah. but it was wrong. <laughs> and it was only the day before it was due to be launched. Somebody said, you sure that's how you spell assessment? Well, I don't know. I'm not the world's best speller. I've got mm. a dictionary. Now. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> no, another S needed. <laughs> so. Yeah, so... I felt very sorry for her because she, she and even in the when they did the pitch to the people, she stepped forward and said, "Yep, I did spell it wrong. It is a demo. We will obviously be changing this yeah. before going to mark." Like the answer that you'd expect, she just she claimed it in the pitch. She didn't blame anyone. She just said, "Yep," and then yeah. I mean, in terms of a driving test, that would be a minor, wouldn't it? Really? Yes. It's just, yeah, and the yeah. and the reason they they didn't get any sales was because the the investor said they're simple. They're sim- simplistic and then yeah. they're simple. And that's yeah. why they didn't invest because the game was too simple. It had nothing to do with the spelling no, of the a- name. Absolutely not. No, that's quite correct. So I think there's something else that Lord Sugar doesn't like about her. I think that's a strong theme through it. And I yeah. don't know how much the producers have to do with who goes and who stays. Mm. I've always suspected quite a lot. Yeah, so interesting one. Can't remember what next week's is. A holiday tour. Oh, that's right. Yes. In North yeah. Wales. That'll be yeah. interesting. The interesting bit about this task is the guests can ask for their money back. Yes, I've seen those before. If they don't enjoy it. So yeah. it's really good because actually where you'll get some of them that will be very much like we need to make the most amount of profit per ticket. Yeah. They're the ones that are going to end up having clients go this was rubbish i want my money back and actually they're not making anything yes indeed so yes that would be an interesting one small profit margin per ticket and not having to give back any tickets that's my thinking on the task interesting there's a tour in london you can do which is called well it's slightly rude in this but it's essentially rubbish tours so Mm -hmm. you have a tour guide who speaks and generally they're actors that do this i think and you wander around london and you just make stuff up (laughs) <laughs> about the area it's just it is just total nonsense but it's quite funny oh, we did uh, i did recommend that to a very good friend of mine and you'll know who that is who's very good at just talking nonsense i thought that'd be quite a good good career move for him yeah i think so, i remember uh, that yeah so i maybe that's the sort of tour they need put me in a minibus drive around north wales just pointing out rubbish facts yeah be be different it would be yeah, so we'll, we'll wait and see. So going back to winter sports, we're off skiing in March for a week. Ah, oh, yes. Which I'm, I'm sort of quite nervous about because I spent the day, well, about half a day in the garden yesterday moving some old decking. And I was quite exhausted by the end of it. So I think the, uh, I don't think I'll be skiing every day. Let's put it that way. We're but all I pleasure am- skiers, really, as a family. We're not hardcore skiers. We like to go, we don't go, we don't get up for first lift. And we're definitely not on the mountain till last lift. The problem is, for me, is I think I'm like that, but actually I'm not. When I get there, I want to get money's worth out of the lift pass. Mm. So I want to be out there as early as possible and and generally until either lift shuts, it gets too mushy or I have an accident, which is normally the latter. Normally the accident. <laughs> but interestingly, just before we started, I was looking at lift prices. 
And rather annoyingly, where we're going, you have to buy either daily passes or consecutive passes. So you can't have, say, well, I'll have four days from five, which we have done at other resorts. So I think where we're going, they do, if you buy five days, you get the six free. You do, but you've got to take, you've got to have all six days. And I don't think, or five days, because essentially you're getting a day free. So you could oh, take one yes. day off in the middle, but I'm yes. not sure that's going to be enough for me. So anyway, I was looking at it and I was looking at the day rates. And actually, for five days, you're saving 20 euros by buying a five day pass. And then if you miss one day, your quid's in, which we will do. I'm, I'm not going to skip. So it's probably worth just buying a ski pass on the days on, that we're going yeah, to go up and. Absolutely. You know, we're going to go up to the James Bond Tower, the, the real name yeah. of which I can't remember. So that's the a day Aqua out. Aqua that's the one. So, yeah. So anyway, so I thought that was quite interesting. But why for Grumpy, who's very excited about going, although she will do the least amount of skiing. Yes. It's so exciting. She's now started saying, in one week's time, it's going to be five weeks before we go. <laughs> so it's six weeks. Yes, exactly. And so I said, yeah, but in four weeks' time, it's only going to be a fortnight. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Well, what, what you, you said. said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, so there's now manic timetable to service the car and various mm. insurances in place, which... Well, in in a week's time, it'll be four weeks before we have to drop off our luggage to you. Yes, yeah. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I don't know how we managed to lumber ourselves with all the luggage, but... Anyway, have you got a top tip for this week? I do, actually. We do? Based off this morning, yeah. <laughs> does it involve a calendar? It does. <laughs> yeah, so my top tip is use your calendar. Very good. <laughs> actually input things when they happen so that you don't forget that you're doing things and end up being 17 minutes late. Well, that And have fine. a text reminder because I would not have remembered if you hadn't messaged me saying, are you still on for today? <laughs> Yeah. Yes, I, I somewhat suspected you'd forgotten because normally you're on either before or Just very, very close there. to the time. Yeah, <laughs> very good. So I have a fun fact, and it is a fun fact. So the longest single lightning bolt ever recorded, also known as the Mega Flash, struck in 2020 and has recently been confirmed as the world record holder. The mm. bolt travelled across, are you ready for this? Yeah. Texas, Louisiana, and the Mississippi, spanning a total of 477 miles, wow. which is the same distance as here to Hamburg. Wow. That That's is quite a lot of energy. That is. You would, certainly wouldn't want to be at the uh, tail end of that. No. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.